There are times when I will walk into a room or a situation, a conversation, and I will feel like a giant fraud. And the difference between my external presentation of self and my internal self is so great that it fills me with anxiety because outside I may be presenting this like fully confident, intelligent human being, but inside I'm thinking, if they only knew just how much I don't belong here, they would ask me to leave, right? This feeling used to plague me. And I used to think that when I got that feeling that I was playing too far above the rim, that I really would bitten off more than I could chew and that I really didn't belong. And it was my bad for thinking I could. But that was a long time ago. And now I know better. Now, when I get that feeling, because I still get it, I know what it's called. Many, many years ago, I heard of this phenomenon called the imposter syndrome. And it's become very, very popular as a point of conversation, thanks to Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, which she talks about it quite a lot. But the imposter syndrome is that feeling. It's that feeling that if anyone really knew what was going on in me, they would kick me out. They would divorce me. They would fire me. They wouldn't be, want to be my friend. On and on and on. So what this groundbreaking research uncovered, this research that sort of coined the term the imposter syndrome, and let's give credit where credit is due, the two clinical psychologists that actually did the research were Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes. And it was way back in 1978, and the research focused on high-achieving women. And they wanted to study these women because despite the fact that these were women, and remember, this is 1978, right? Women in high places were still relatively rare. So they collected people that were in CEO positions or leadership positions or super high up in academia. And they wanted to study them because despite all of these achievements, these women didn't feel deserving of any of it. And so the syndrome that they studied, that they coined, that has now entered sort of the collective consciousness is powerful because what it did was show that the imposter syndrome is not necessarily your mind telling you the truth. It's something most of us struggle with. And you know what else it is? BS. That voice inside of you that says you don't belong, that if they only knew that you're going to get found out, 99% of the time, it's lying to you. Unless, of course, you're like the talented Mr. Ripley and really you are a psychopath underneath. That's a different it's a different podcast for a different person to talk about. But for most of us, that imposter syndrome is garbage, right? And as I looked at this research, because I see it so often in my coaching practice and when I have speaking engagements, at the core of the research is this phrase. Listen to this. The doctors Clance and Imes found that the women they studied do not experience an internal sense of success. To put a finer point on that, y'all, we experience the imposter syndrome because we can't experience our own success. That is huge, 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 huge. Because usually when you hear people talk about imposter syndrome, the advice is, don't worry, everybody's got it, keep going, which is great. And there is a place for that advice, to be sure, but that ain't the issue. The issue is that if you're anything like me, you run from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. You breathlessly freak out worrying about something you have to do that you're nervous about, that you've got imposter syndrome about, and then you do it, you do it well, and then you never take the time to celebrate what you did. 
So I want you, I'm going to pretend like you are in a coaching session with me, if you're down. If you're not down, just keep listening and half listen. But if you are down, I want you to press pause at certain moments because I want you to speak your answer out loud or write it down. I want to make real progress with this today because it's kind of a big deal. So I want to ask you as your coach, when do you feel the imposter syndrome? Is it in a meeting? Is it when you go to school and drop off your kids? Parenthetically, when I first, my kids first started going to grammar school, I got the imposter syndrome so bad when I would go onto that parking lot and see all those other moms. And in my mind, all those other moms had their shit together. Sorry, not sorry for swearing. All those other moms had their shit together. They were stay-at-home moms. They were nailing it. Their kids probably had amazing nutritional habits. I bet they never watched TV. And these moms looked like they were like showering more than I was. Like I would pull on that parking lot and have a complete imposter attack. And I thought to myself, these women knew how totally unsure I am about everything I do as a mother, they would kick me off. In fact, they'd call Child Protective Services. (laughs) Literally, that's where my imposter syndrome struck the most. So I want you to look, that's not the case anymore because after you've been at elementary school for a while, you realize that none of us have our shit together. Even the ones that have full makeup and hair done at 6 a.m., we are all a hot mess. So that makes me love moms that much more because we're all a hot mess and yet we still figure out a way to get our kids to school. Anyway, I want you to ask yourself, when does the imposter syndrome get you? Okay, press pause, speak your answer out loud. I'll be right here, press pause. Okay, (laughs) welcome back. So now that you've articulated the scenarios that make you question yourself, and you may have three or four, I mean, God knows I do. I don't have the parking lot mom thing anymore, but there's a whole bunch of other things that I have, right? So I want you to pick one and I want you to write down right now or speak out loud one example of where you were able to have success in that kind of situation. For example, let me use myself because I'm here and I don't have to get permission from anybody but me to use this example. My imposter syndrome these days, and this will probably be for the rest of my life, this is not something I'm going to get rid of real easy, but my imposter syndrome gets triggered by intelligence, by other people's intelligence. I, Growing up, I never felt like I was very smart, and there's many reasons for that. It probably didn't help that my dad thought it was hilarious with his friends to tell me blonde jokes as a kid growing up. And they would do these huge belly laughs with their cigars and make fun of blondes for being really stupid. And I know they didn't realize how that made me feel, but it made me feel very stupid. So for my whole life, I've been very insecure about my own intellectual horsepower. And that is the God's honest truth. And yet I've chosen this career path where I'm constantly working with people who are freaking brilliant. Like I literally work with the people that are trying to figure out how to get people on Mars or trying to cure cancer or, you know, going and talking to people in, in Congress about climate change. These are some of the smartest people in the universe (laughs) and they're coming to me for advice, which to me seems like the most unbelievable cosmic joke, but I guess I know what I know, right? And they know what they know, as we talked about before in one of my previous podcasts. But for me, it's intellectual horsepower that triggers my imposter syndrome. So if I were doing this exercise, which I am with you, 
And I identified that I get triggered. My imposter syndrome comes out to play when I'm around people who are super, super duper smart. What I would do next and what you're about to do is press pause after I ask you to do this. I would write down at least one example, ideally more, where I was able to show up and rock my own intellectual horsepower amongst, with, and for those who have a ton of intellectual horsepower. I just want to write down those examples. For example, yesterday I gave like a seven-hour workshop to people that were so smart and I was able to do it well. And I had the stamina to stand in heels for seven hours and do it. Part of it I was sitting, to be fair. But not only did I have the stamina, I met them pound for pound, psychologically and intellectually. And we had a great time together. That is an example of me showing myself that my imposter syndrome is unwarranted. So I want you to take a minute and write down or speak out loud one example of where you proved your imposter syndrome wrong. Okay? Write it down or speak it out loud. Press pause. Okay, welcome back. Next thing I want you to do, because you're not done yet, you've identified the thing that triggers your imposter syndrome. You've just identified at least one juicy example of where your imposter syndrome was just dead ass wrong. Now I want you to write down, taking that same example, that same scenario, what it took to pull off what you pulled off, right? So for me, I would write down, you know what it took for me to be able to stand up for seven hours in high heels and rock a a long workshop and do it well? It took stamina. It took self-confidence. It took preparation. It took passion. It took encouraging myself every step of the way. It took eating well at intervals during the way to give myself power. It took enormous amounts of enthusiasm, Those are all the things it took. I want you to do the same for you. Press pause. What did it take to pull off the thing that you pulled off? Okay, welcome back. Okay, now look at what you've written down or think about what you've spoken out loud. Think about what you did and what it took to do what you did. I want you to ask yourself, what can I do to celebrate that win? right? What can you do to create some sort of micro ritual of celebration? Because it's one, here's the thing, intellectually knowing something like, yeah, I rocked that. Yeah, it took a lot of work. Yeah, it took a lot of effort, but whatever. Hero to zero, right? Intellectually getting something is not the same thing as knitting a knowingness into the fiber of your being, writing it onto the surface of your soul, That's something else entirely. And I believe personally, there's probably other answers to this too, but my answer to that is we have to create micro rituals, micro celebrations where we can sit and say, you know what? I freaking, I nailed that. I faced that hard conversation or I dug deep and I did the thing that scared the crap out of me. So what are you going to do to celebrate, right? One of my favorite things to do, because I love micro celebrations, because I just, I don't have a lot of time, I'm sure you don't either, to, you know, really celebrate. So I will go to get my my nails done at this salon. By the way, shout outs to Vogue Nails and Willow Glen. They give the absolute most epic foot massages that just last forever. And the place, the vibes are filled with love. So you know what I do? I get my tukus to Vogue Nails. And I get myself a bag of 
chocolate-covered almonds and a big-ass caffeinated drink, and I sit in that chair, and I read every garbage magazine I can get my hands on, and I put my phone, I leave my phone in the car. And when it comes time for that foot massage... I close up the magazine and I literally relax so deeply that I start drooling. That is my favorite micro celebration. And every time my brain wants to feel guilty for doing something so outrageously indulgent at three o'clock on a Tuesday, I tell myself, no, 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 girl, you earned this. You, my sister, did all that stuff that scared you. You faced all the things that scared you. And not only did you do it, you did it well. So you know what? You better work. You better work, girl. You better get in that chair and let the luxury of this moment knit this success into your soul. And it feels so good. It feels so good. Another thing I like to do to celebrate my own success is at night, like last night I had to do this because yesterday I didn't have time for my petty, my pedicure ritual. I went and had a glass of wine with a dear friend, which was actually just as yummy. But last night before I went to bed, I have a little book next to my bed and I use it to just write down, like if I'm falling asleep and I remember something I forgot, it's part of my sleep hygiene. I'll write it down so that I don't forget. Or if I wake up and I'm like, holy crap, that was a crazy dream. I want to analyze that later. I'll write down the scraps of the dream. So have this book all the time. It's there for me. So I grabbed my book last night. And I wrote a little note to myself and I said, you know what, babes, good job. You rocked that today. You did a good job. You had a great time. You met a bunch of new friends. Good job. Now you get to rest deeply. And do you know that this queen right here was asleep at 920? There was something about reminding myself to celebrate the win that sent me into the most delightful sleep went to bed at 9.30 and I woke up at 6 a.m. fresh as a daisy. It was great. So I want you to press pause. I want you to look at the thing that you'd pulled off, what it took to pull that thing off. And then I want you to do a micro success ritual. And I don't care how tiny your win was. I don't care if it was that like, you know, you walked into Starbucks without having a heart attack because you're agoraphobic. Like celebrate it, do it. You deserve it. Treat yourself. Okay, press pause, plan your success celebration. Okay, now that you've planned it, it's time to schedule it. So schedule it. I'm not even kidding. Figure out when in this week you are going to do the thing to celebrate what you did. Okay, look at that. It turns out the imposter syndrome actually doesn't begin in the moment of risk or in the moment of fear. It begins at the moment of success and owning your successes. Don't attribute your success to luck or charity or because somebody gave you a break or an opportunity. Those things all might be true, but they don't help dismantle your imposter syndrome. So the next time you do something that you're proud of, remember to celebrate it. And this is countercultural, you guys, especially for women. We are not supposed to say, I'm proud of myself. We are not supposed to brag In fact, my friends, Hope Timberlake and Jen Reedy, if you're listening to this, I love you, queens. The three of us used to have this thing where we would call each other and brag about our accomplishments because we instinctively knew it was an important part of creating sustainable confidence. In fact, I miss those days. We need to keep doing that, you guys. So what you're doing by dismantling your imposter syndrome is actually fighting millennia of cultural grooming against standing fully in your own power. 
And the same is true for men too, but women especially. And oh, do we police each other. When we see another woman acting too confident, having too much success, owning too much of her success, ooh, ooh, the feedback, ooh, the side eye, the conversations, the twitterings. I don't mean like Twitter. I mean like twitterings in the original sense. We police each other. So this act takes guts in and of itself. The guts to own your win is countercultural. It's revolutionary. It's high rebellion and it's delicious. So don't forget it. Or you could just keep doing what you've been doing, which is attribute all your success to luck or someone else or a fluke or the stars being in alignment and continue to feel terrified. Don't do it. That's a terrible way to live. So let's pretend though that you're at your next imposter syndrome trigger moment. Even though you've celebrated your success, it's still going to come knocking. The next time you do that, I want you to think, wait a minute, this is what always happens when I do the thing that scares me. This is what always happens when I do the thing that's going to push my life forward. And I want you to smile and wink at that imposter syndrome and say, sister or brother, we have earned this moment. We have done what it takes to overcome moments just like this. And we will walk through this moment and it will be no problem. And that, my friends, is life-changing. So may you have a week that is filled with micro-celebrations. May you become ever more adept at understanding the patterns of what makes you question yourself, doubt yourself, undercut yourself. Because once you know the patterns, you can begin to fix them. You can begin to heal them. And may this be a week that you indulge in moments of celebrating yourself. I know I'm going to try to. And I love hearing of when you're able to pull that off. So get with me on Instagram at BronwynSF. Leave me a comment. Send me an email. Send a smoke signal. I love it. I love it. Shine on you crazy diamonds. Take care. <laughs>